Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Coach. I'm the Jock, this is the Doc, and we are still on our series, Becoming Brilliant at the Basics. And I'm very excited about today's topic. It's all about knowing yourself. So, Doc, what's, what's so basic about knowing yourself? Well, we all have our tendencies, our habits, things that we enjoy, things that we don't enjoy as much. But a lot of us for so long are, we think about what food do we like? Where do we like to travel? What kind of cars do we like? Uh, are we a night owl or whatever? But we don't always think about what we are like in relationship to the kind of work, the schedule, the things that uh, make us thrive, and then the things that take away from our everyday functioning and just um, kind of empty our buckets. And so knowing yourself is really thinking about, okay, here's my role as in this example, right, as a fitness trainer, a coach. What does that job require? and kind of what that balance is or ratio for me as a trainer that allows me to enjoy my job the most, be the most energetic, prepared, just engaged, um, and then also still have some downtime. I like to think of this like when we're working with our clients. If we treat all the clients the same, it's not gonna be a great experience. Exactly. Same way as like, I've had a lot of coaches work underneath me at my facility over the years and there's a lot of different personalities. And so, for instance, uh, my schedule, I have a morning shift where I'll work seven hours straight and I'm done for the day. And I'm good with going all straight of those hours without any kind of set break in between. But I know trainers in the past, they might have been able to do it for a short time, right. but they really got burned out of that. They just didn't have the personality. They, they, they needed that time um, to recharge. And I think you've talked to some of them about that and you've seen this. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and one of the more lay terms or way that we can think about it is some people are more an extrovert, some people are more an introvert. So if you know that you're trying to be an extrovert and what that means is that being both groups, by the way, because this is another myth, right, is the assumption is that introverts don't like people. Um, they can love people just as much as extroverts and some extroverts don't like people. Yeah. That's not the point. The point is, does a lot of interaction charge you, fill your bucket, or does a lot of interaction drain your bucket? Yeah. Everybody hits a precipice where it just drains. But for the most part, you, you're going to be more charged by those interactions. So you can do those for seven or eight hours straight. You're still gonna need some you time. But the point is, is overall that's charging, engaging you. Other people, they're going to be able to do it, as you said, for a shorter period of time and then not sustain that. So if you tend to be more that person that can go in for a period of time, but then you just need that 30 minutes, that hour, just some decompression for yourself, and that's how you work in a lot of ways, you need to think about that for your career and what you are hoping and trying to get in relation to being a trainer. Yeah, the other part uh, I like for people to think about is like what type of clients they're working with. now. I get it. When you're first starting off, you're like anybody with a pulse and a paycheck. Like yeah. you're like, I'm taking because I'm just trying to exactly. make it. But, but again, it's like um, figuring out what type of clients do fuel you and some that kind of pull away. And, and don't get me wrong, there's going to be some that you're going to like more than others. They're so just personality sure. types and yeah. how they match up yeah. or, or just, you know, how they, they handle different situations. But like, um, I know I've had clients that, that want to get on my schedule that I'm like, it just, they just drain me. Yeah. It's not filling. Um, I, I just can't fit them in just because of that. And I can only handle so many of those in some day. So it's more of like, I don't not see them, but just I don't see them as often as I do the ones that aren't draining like that. Exactly. And so a couple of things with that, right, is if you had seven hours straight of those clients that no. tend to drain you, that seven hours would feel incredibly different and you wouldn't want to do it for a long time, nor could you. 
versus I have seven or eight hours of a mix of clients, most of them which energize me, a few that might drain. And then the other part of that is thinking about how you schedule that. So to your point, you can't always control all the clients that come in the door and you need a paycheck and you need to put in the hours. But also when and if you can be more strategic about when to schedule those or in between people that are more entertaining or energizing or just you know feel good. It's just sort of being smart and mindful about that and, and, and knowing to do that when you can and when you do have control over that. Okay, I want you to answer this one because you like it so much. Um, how does someone figure out their work-life balance? Uh, they don't. <laughs> so, as you know, my premise is, is that balance, the word balance in and of itself, indicates that it's level. And there really is no perfect work-life balance. It's never truly balanced. The difference is, is it's really about what your personal work-life ratio is. Yep. And you and I, for sure, um, we go heavy on the work. You and I both are highly engaged in the work and those types of things, but we also very much enjoy our family, our friends, and want to do that. But what that ratio looks like at times is going to be very different. There might be seasons in our lives where we're 70 work, 30 the rest, and then it can flip-flop. And so when people walk around saying, well, I don't have good work-life balance, what they do then, because the brain subconsciously is saying like, oh, it needs to be equal, is they're going, okay, I've got this 40-hour work week, it's got to be 40, and then I've got to do this, and then I've got to do that, and they're trying to play a numbers game to balance things. It's unrealistic, and it creates this tension between getting what you need to get done and enjoying what you want to do. So again, the push is, what's your ratio? And also recognizing that that ratio is going to change as the seasons in your life change. 100%, and which, which brings to the next one of like, how much do you want to make? And this is where I've seen um, trainers struggle and some that work in my facility too because uh, there's a lot of autonomy when it comes to this in the sense of like, okay, um, we can fill your schedule and you can make really good money or if you want more of this work-life ratio that you talk <laughs> about, um, we, can, we can balance that out. Um, but what you see is like when people are, are, are younger and they're trying to figure out their, their, their place and their life and how they want to do it, it's, it's, sometimes it can change a lot of like, and I've seen this before where it's like one month, like I want to make more money perfect, you know, next month they're making more money, like, oh, I'm, I'm, working, I'm working too much, now I need to change this ratio kind of deal. So like, really kind of stepping back and be like, okay, um, what's this ratio look like? How much money do I want to make to live my life? And, and st stop comparing it to, you know, what I saw on Instagram or what my friend's doing or what yeah. this other trainer in the gym's exactly. doing. Just like, treat it like yourself, like you would as a, a, a client coming in, going through a weight loss program. Exactly. And, and you know, you pointed out the, the Instagram and things like that. That's exactly the challenge is when we use the word balance and then somebody says, you know, like I'm making all this money and I'm super successful and I've got great work-life balance. What people start, especially the younger they are, they start thinking that I can work average hours, make a ton of money and have this perfect balance. And there's very few careers where that can happen. And still, again, I've never seen somebody has perfect balance where if they, to your point of what's your ratio, and then with that ratio, where's the money and where's the time off, and what do you value the most, and owning that. Because the other thing that I find is a lot of people don't, are, or they have a harder time admitting that they just want time off. Yep. 
because it, you're supposed to want money and be successful hustle. and grow and hustle and all of that stuff. And, and to be honest, especially males, I'm seeing a lot on the Instagram, much more about that. And so that notion of, oh, you're out, you're supposed to hustle. So my point being is, is that if you think about it as a ratio and really think about what speaks to me now, and maybe now I want more time off and down the road, um, I want more money and that's okay. And here's a big one on knowing yourself. I see so many people, they get in the space and they're a fitness coach or trainer or whatever, and then they're like, okay, I want to own my own facility. And so that could be a good fit for the right person, the right personality, and the right time of the life, but it could be just a, a horrible fit as well. Like it's just, I think people get caught up in this like entrepreneurship and like you can just, you know, work at the beach and make six figures and do all these different things. And, and I've talked to so many coaches of like, you know, you can make really good money just working, you know, the 30 to 40 hours as a, as a coach and not worry about all the other stressors. Or, and I see so many coaches go out there and try it on their own and then they fail. So instead of even making good money, like they're losing money on the deal. So really kind of understanding yourself of like what what kind of work you really want to be doing. What Who who do you want to be working with? Like, and what does that really look like? Because um, working as a coach with with clients and then owning a facility is two completely different things and, and slightly different personality and skill sets there. Yeah. So, and a couple of things, like, you know, the other day you and I were having this conversation about travel and where to go. And, and you were talking about like, you know, people have this list of places that, oh, you should go see this and go see this. The question is, what do you want to get out of a vacation? And then what places have those features and then whittle it down there. And I view the same thing from a career standpoint. What do you enjoy? What do you want? Do you want to have your evenings free? Do you want to not be called when everything hits the whatever? Um, do you like to plan, make a plan and work your plan? Or do you mind, or do you like to just have constantly changing and, and responsive and things like that? Do you enjoy managing people or do people drain you on average? Do you feel like you're a good teacher? Or, or is that something that's just not your thing? And when people start to create those lists, they say, these are the things I want. Now go see if that matches with being an owner. It might not match with being an owner, but it might man match with being a manager, yeah. or it might match with just being a heck of a good coach. And then when you're done for the day, you're done for the day and kind of moving to those things. And so again, with that, I think it's just so important to Ask yourself what the why is, and then how can you get your why in a way that really supports how you're naturally wired and what fuels you. And so kind of end this with, with um, the isms. And we talked about this a little bit about the nonverbal and verbal communication and facial expressions. Um, but like back to knowing yourself, like what are your isms and the things that like you know that you need to do to make sure that you have this as a long career or the things that you know that you need to do to make sure that you're not really turning off your clients because you have this certain thing about yourself. So um, can you dive into that? Yeah. And, and sometimes with isms, you need people that know you or watch you or around mm -hmm. you enough to kind of point them out. You and I enjoy pointing those out in each other. And, but, it, but truly it supports each one of us and people to kind of go, oh, I wasn't aware that I did that. Whether it's you're not comfortable with silence, so when, you're, when your client is doing their exercise and they're just trying to catch their breath, you feel the need to fill the space. Well, for some clients, that's wonderfully distracting and they love it. And for other clients, it's just way more input and they're already overstretched. So is that your thing? Is it you go way too much into detail on things that some people may not actually, they might have said like, oh, um, you're reading a new book, that's awesome. Uh, what's it called? They just asked you what the title was. 
And then if you spend the next 20 minutes talking about every like page that you read last night, you might be going too far. And whether it's bad habits like chewing your nails, and again, bad just means it's bad at that moment. I don't care if people chew their nails, but maybe not in front of me, right? And so what are those and, and how might they be distracting or impacting your ability to connect effectively or be viewed as a professional? Awesome. Good answer. So to wrap up, uh, know yourself. Um, becoming brilliant at the basics. Get the basics down. You'll be great. So see you next time.